Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, Dallas Business Journal Managing Editor Rob Schneider profiles Pizza Hut Chief Operating Officer Shaquan Lewis. He's leading the remarkable transformation of this iconic American brand, known for pizza, but focused on people. Embracing something new isn't daunting for Pizza Hut's new COO. It's been the arc of his entire career. Shaquan Lewis was promoted to the role on January 1st and said every job he's had with the company has been something totally new to him. He said he brings two things into this new role, a deep respect for the people who work in Pizza Hut's restaurants and a mindset of asking straightforward questions about why things are and, more importantly, the way things could be. We talked to Shaquan about his career, his previous role as chief equity officer, and what he's learned about the company's franchises and the company itself in preparing for this role. You were at Baker Botts for four years. And when, mm-hmm. when you and I met in 2019, you had, a couple of years before, had taken, a, and I think you said it on your survey, happenstance, that the restaurant wasn't anything you were trained for or anything. It just seemed like a good opportunity in the chief legal counsel office. And so just talk about that. And, and so 20, is that 2016? It was April 2016. I'd been at Baker Botts for four years. I was doing complex commercial litigation. Mm-hmm. Was was doing good work, challenging stuff with a great team. It wasn't just totally jumping for me. Like I, I wanted a different opportunity. And so there was a headhunting firm that gave me a call about this job. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what was really interesting, Rob, was uh, like I said, it, w- it was pure happenstance because I knew that I was looking to have an opportunity to get closer to the business, but I right. didn't have anything about franchising in mind. And in right. fact, the first role that I got here was the franchise lawyer. And so one of the things that was special to me about coming over and making that jump was I was like, if they're going to bet on the fact that I could lead a practice area that I've not done before, right. it's probably the type of company that's going to believe I can do other things that are interesting to me, like moving into the business side. So I was going to say, that so was, that's, that's really gone jump. into your career there over the last yeah. six years or last five years as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're in that senior counsel role. Explain the transition into the express business. I guess it's about two years into my time with Two, two and some change years into my time at Pizza Hut. And so there've been a couple of things that have been going on. So, you know, I was responsible for so much of what it meant to be a franchisor from a legal perspective. Right. And uh, that role proved to be really what I hoped it would be, which was a lawyer that was right in the heart of the business from negotiating franchise agreements to uh, divesting our equity estate to, you know, advising the C-suite on a range of issues. And then also getting to work really closely in partnership with operations team and franchisees to try to move the business forward on a number of issues. So in one of the roles I actually had, I was the lawyer for the Pizza Hut Express business as well. That was another hat that I had. And so when this thing came up, it was really part and parcel of two things. One was I said, when I came into the business, I was interested in finding ways that I could contribute. I said, when I left the firm that I didn't want to be the lawyer in the corner, I wanted to be in the middle of the action. And that was something that uh, I was told if I came in and did a good job in that first role, I'd get that chance. And then when this thing came up, I was like, I know this business well. I feel like I have an opportunity to do it. And when they put it in front of me, I jumped at the opportunity. The one thing I'll tell you too, Rob, I actually have uh, a lot of folks don't know. I come, I have a business background between undergrad and, and law school. So I worked at McMaster Car Supply Company for four years. 
And so I started in the Atlanta office, literally working in a warehouse, leading a, a team in the, in the distribution center, and then moved up to headquarters in Chicago. And so I kind of wet my appetite and realized I had a real knack for the business thing. But I did go to law school because I still wanted to go after that dream that I had. There are a couple of things to that. One, I think one of the things that we were really focused on when I went into that role was making sure that we saw ourselves as a unified brand and that the non-traditional side of the business looked, felt, behaved like the rest of the business as well. So that was one, that was one thing we're looking at. I'd say what you saw with the express business was us saying, you know what, here's a really good opportunity for us to attract and retain more customers, to give people a chance to try products that maybe they had forgotten about or they haven't Mm -hmm. had in this, in this Mm -hmm. context and to really meet folks where they are, like whether it's a target or a movie theater or sports stadium or college campus or an airport it really gives us a chance to go after the customer wherever they are in that given moment and show us that pizza can meet them anywhere. So then uh, about a year and a half later, uh, you took on the chief equity officer role. That's right. This was in the summer of 2020. There were lots of things happening. George Floyd, a lot of protests. A lot of companies were developing a sense that this was something that they were really not good at and needed to get a lot better at. It was a really interesting time because, you know, we were back then we were using the term twin pandemic a lot, our racial reckoning in this country, and then also like the pandemic itself. And so it was a shaky time for a lot of people. And when the opportunity came up, I think it was something that I wanted. It was something that the organization wanted. And so it made some sense. And what attracted me to it was the opportunity to be a part of crafting what this could look like together. Now, there's one important parenthetical here. It wasn't the first time that we said we wanted to pay attention to matters of equity in our Sure, business. sure. Yes, absolutely. And so James Fripp at, at Yum, at the parent company, had been doing this work for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But what did attract me to going to do this was getting a chance to come in at a brand level and saying, you know what, let me get in the trench with James and really lead our intentions in this work. Standing it up was an interesting exercise. And ultimately, where I netted out was thinking about our business in three dimensions. One, who we were as an employer. Right. who we were as a market actor or a franchisor, and then who we were as a neighbor. And looking at equity through those three dimensions really gave us an opportunity to talk about it, not in a way that was tucked in the corner and just one particular function, but actually in a way that touched across the enterprise and really made sure that we showed up in an authentic and intentional and a humble way in a lot of different touch points. We now have our head wrapped around what a chief equity officer, chief diversity officer, DEI, looks like on a corporate level. But Pizza Hut has a completely different challenge in that you've got tens of thousands of employees at the franchise and restaurant level that make this a lot more complex of a situation. What does that look like on the restaurant level? I think diversity can be quantified pretty easily in the minds of most people at this point. Equity and inclusion are a completely different thing. So what, you know, when you have the challenge of doing that at at a corporate entity like Pizza Hut, 500 employees, whatever employees, that's one thing. Tens of thousands, hundred thousands of people around the world. What, what does that look like? What are the challenges that you had to hit? It's a big challenge. And I'm glad you asked the question because just like it's true of so many things, if it's not real in the restaurants, it's not real at the brand. Right. You don't interact with us here uh, in my office. You interact with our, our restaurant employees, right. right? So one of the things that I'm really proud of that we started with was a deep listening exercise, Rob. And it started with... Uh, I'll never forget. There's a couple of things. There's a town hall experience where I remember James pulled a group of us together who were working here at the at the RSC, at the Restaurant Support Center. And we started talking and then we said, man, there's more room to go with this. So then we did a town hall exercise with our franchisees 
So the folks that own, you know, the majority of our restaurants and recognize that not only were there a diverse set of experiences that people were feeling, living through, operating against at that time, but there was more room, more headroom to go there as well. And so the next thing we did is we started doing a listening tour and we did conversations across the country uh, virtually, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we had to. You probably would have preferred to be in person, but yeah, couldn't. I would have loved to, but you know, you react accordingly, right? And so we had... I couldn't tell you the number now, but conversations with so many restaurant employees, team members, RGMs, above restaurant leaders across the country, talking about matters of race, talking about matters of equity, talking about who we were as a brand, what they needed for us to drive a culture of belonging. Mm -hmm. And that really informed and centered the work. And the reason why that was really useful was it put us in a position where it wasn't me coming and trying to preach about what was important. Franchisees, many of whom are already convicted in their own right by trying to go after these matters, heard from their employees, their own experiences and the things that had happened in the communities that they serve, that they know. And so what we were able to do was say, you know what, let's figure out what it looks like for us to go after these things as a brand. And so then my job at that point is being a partner to franchisees like we do here with so many other topics and say, let's go get after these things. Let's focus on some things, but like, let's be a part of doing it together. But you're right. You can't just dictate that from headquarters, not in a, a, a franchise network as uh, diversified as ours. What were the most surprising things you learned during that listening tour? What were the things you didn't expect to hear that you heard? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a really good question. I think that I was, if I'm being really honest with you, I think I was surprised to hear the depth to which people who didn't come from a Black or Latino or an otherwise, you know, Mm -hmm. considered marginalized background, the extent to which people were open and ready to listen and hear those things, and the extent to which folks wanted to be told, how can I be enlisted in the army of going after what's right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not because I'm a cynical person, <laughs> but it's because that was such an emotionally fraught time for so many people. Yeah. A lot of times in our country, we go to our own corners and say, like, that's not my team. I don't care. And I didn't see a ton of that. And in fact, I, I would get, you know, and I think a lot of people saw this. I would get emails and calls and texts from people saying, like, you know what? hearing my coworkers talk about this actually changed me. It made me go after this and do some things different. So I was really hard in the extent to which like in places where you may not expect that to be the case, right. we were seeing some real breakthrough by creating an open space for honest dialogue. And that folks said, let's go after some of these things as a, as a unified group of folks. So you're in that role about a year and a half. What do you consider the signature things you were able to get done? And then I'm going to ask what's still a work in progress. This one feels more nebulous, but it's important for folks that are keeping score. I think we're at a place now where there's a real spirit of expectation that we pursue equity as an intention in our business. Mm -hmm. And it's not just true uh, here at the headquarters, it's true in our franchise community. So when I moved into the operation space, we live in a world now where our franchisees are like, when's the next chief equity officer coming? A thing they'd never heard of before. Now they're like, we need to know who's going to go do this next, right? And so... I'm really proud of being a part of a moment where our franchisees got it and said, hey, let's go do some things together. I think that we've gotten away from inertia and gotten on the end of pushing on these things. And I feel really good about the idea that we believe progress is almost a birthright now, I think, as an organization mm-hmm. and want to continue to move the needle on some of those things. We're in the middle of some other things that I think are pretty exciting. We're working on a partnership to bring folks that are formerly incarcerated into different parts of the business to have employment opportunities, to pursue pathways to a brighter future for themselves. I think seeing ourselves clearly as a potential outlet to to play a factor in those folks' life is a really important thing. I feel good about that. And I think that 
we were able to really do some good work on what we call culture belonging at the restaurant level. In partnership with the folks who are responsible for our learning content here, we developed something that we actually pushed into the field. Franchisees embraced it. Restaurant teams embraced it. And when you heard people, when you read the feedback of folks that took those courses, a lot of folks are saying, man, this is, this is important because this affects my lived experience. I think this thing really matters. I think the last thing I'd say is, as we think about where we want to take the brand, I think we were very clear-headed about the need to be equitable in our intention from who we reach out to. So from the voice that we use, from the audience that we attract, from the places that we put our restaurants, I think that that stuff has really touched across the footprint as well. And so I guess the way I'm, I guess in summation, what I'm saying is I'm proud of the fact that this is a part of what we do. It's in the fabric of what we talk about now. And there's a lot of work left to be done in representation, a lot of work left to be done in individual outcomes. And so we get that. We don't run from that. We know um, there's, there's no flag to, to wave or banner to hang on that one yet, but, right. but knowing where we've gone, I think we have a lot of belief in where we can go. What are the biggest things you weren't able to accomplish over the last year and a half that you really wish you had, or you were maybe 25% of the way there and it's still going to be a work in progress? I think we believe representation is important. And so we always want to make sure that our franchisee base is representative of the communities that we serve. I think we've got progress to make there. We want to make sure that our senior leaders continue to be reflective of the communities that we serve and the the communities that we operate in as well. So I think we have some room to make progress there on that front as well. I think we continue to want to attract a a broader and more diverse customer base. So those are things where we've seen the needle moving in the right direction, but we're not satisfied with progress yet. What sorts of things were Pizza Hut not doing representation-wise that you're trying to do now? Did that come from feedback? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I I get what that means on a broader level and maybe a numbers level, but I, I, I think I need to understand better what representation means in your mind. I think I literally mean if you were to talk to our franchisees who stood up their own diversity and inclusion committee, which I'm proud of, they would tell you, we want to see a more diverse franchisee base. We want to see Mm -hmm. more owners that are black, more owners that are Latino, more owners that are women. And so like to put a finger on it, that's that is one thing that we're absolutely going after. And I think our franchisees agree with us on that. Shaquan Lewis joining us. In our next segment, he shares why his experience as Pizza Hut's first chief equity officer makes a difference. When Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we celebrate the workers who keep your business growing strong. They're a vital part of our community, and we're proud to be on the job with 1.5 million of them every day. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. Continuing our conversation as Dallas Business Journal Managing Editor Rob Schneider chats with Pizza Hut COO Shaquan Lewis. Talk about the importance of coming from that chief equity officer role. I know a lot of people talked about if if that person doesn't report to the CEO, then that means something different to me than they're just in the C-suite. Talk about the importance of coming from that role to now the COO role and what that means in terms of what the company's trying to say and what that means to you. Well, having the chief equity officer role was the honor of a lifetime, like standing it up, getting a chance to work against that was really important. And to be honest, Rob, fundamentally representative of like what I believe is necessary to lead big organizations. I think it shouldn't be off the path to go do that type of work. It should be directly on the path to have had to grapple with these questions about your organization existentially, internally, externally, all those sorts of things. And so like that's the first piece I say about that. The next piece I say about it is I think 
being in that role, especially the way that I was able to conceive of it, the tremendous advantage coming into the chief operating officer role. Because what I did there was I had to be deeply collaborative with our franchisees to drive an intention across a large network of folks. I had to develop deep relationships. And then most importantly, I had to get close to people because ultimately, as much as we're in the pizza business, we're in the people business. And so as the chief equity officer, I'm sleeves rolled up in restaurants talking about the things that make teams tick and organizations tick and and that customers want to see. And so as I come into the chief operating officer role, I think I have a really clear mindset, a really clear headspace about putting people first in the way that we operate and recognizing that as a restaurant company, everything that we want to do that's good and worthy starts with getting it right for the people that are running our restaurants. That's one of the big insights coming in from that, that chief equity officer role. And then what are you able to embed of yourself, maybe something you were still working on as chief equity officer that you can still continue to do or at least shepherd at the COO role? Let me zoom out and answer that question this way. One really, and I'm glad you asked me that. One thing I'm really focused on, Rob, is being the same person as chief operating officer that I was as chief equity officer. Okay. And so I'm excited about the chief equity officer successor coming in. I'll be the biggest advocate for that person. I'll be a tremendous ally and partner. But if I stop talking about what I was talking about as chief equity officer, just because I'm in the COO role now, then I failed. And so I accept the challenge of what it means to make sure that the most senior levels of our organization are still talking about equitable principles. They're talking about people of color and women and people from LGBTQ plus and other marginalized backgrounds of what it means to make our place as much of a culture of relying for them as it can possibly be. To be more specific, though, on something that I started that I'm really excited about continuing to work on. Part of what's on my team is the training and learning folks, right? And so the work that we did on culture belonging to push content down to the restaurant level that we saw get some really good results. What we do is we take that and think about the ways people of all different backgrounds learn. And so as we talk about retraining on how we create new products, as we talk about focusing on things that would deliver better experience for customers, we'll use the approach of saying, you know what? We have a diverse set of folks that are working in our restaurants, which are majority people of color and women, and making sure that we overlay those experiences on the way that we push out content to the general. So one, I come from an operations background. A lot of folks don't know that in that McMaster car space. And so mm-hmm. even though that's not restaurants, um, it was a really important foundational experience on which I built. So that's right. the first thing. Second thing is every job I've ever had at Pizza Hut has been totally new to me when I first had it. Mm-hmm. From that first franchising role to Express to, to this now. And I think one of the things that I have really learned to get comfortable with and make an advantage for the people that I ultimately serve in these roles, Rob, Mm -hmm. is there's an inherent advantage to comparative naivete. And you don't get an opportunity to be very new very often. And so when I come into a role like this, I bring two things. One, an incredibly deep respect for people who've dedicated their lives to working in restaurants, to leading in the operation space. But I combine with that a mindset of asking really good, really fresh questions about the way things are and the way things can be, perhaps even if it's the case that no one's asked those questions before. So as I look at this and look at the different ways I've had a chance to look at the business over the last five plus years, I feel very ready to do this. Yeah. And being really ready to do this also recognizes the things that I have questions about and the things I need to seek answers to. That, that keeps me on my edge. It, keep, it gives me that edge to keep going after things the right way. And so I, I would imagine you've, you've done a lot of that last five years of asking questions that haven't been asked before. Well, and what's what's been cool, too, Rob, is I had a something that we don't get very often. I had a 12 week experience that is really important and really fundamental to what I'm doing right now, where I got to step out of the office mm-hmm. and go work in a restaurant every night uh, wow. for six weeks. So what was that? 
it was a part of of me going into this role. So it was sometime in like the late fall. So I, oh, okay. I was basically so six weeks. I'm in a restaurant every night here in the Metroplex. You know, I'm a team member. I'm not in there as anybody's anything. Mm-hmm. I'm making pizzas and figuring out what that's like. I'm doing. What did you learn? What, what did you not know? Um, you learn that you don't know a lot, actually, right. right? Yeah. And I'll tell you what I recognized is, boy, are we lucky to have the people that we have in restaurants. And boy, do we have an opportunity to make it easier. And that's the thing that has me absolutely on fire right now is mm-hmm. differentiating ourselves on the experience that we de- deliver for our team members. Because if we elevate the team member experience and make it easier to run our concept, make it easier to make our food, make it easier to operate the store and the things that our restaurant general managers have to do, we'll be able to elevate the customer experience. We'll be able to win. We'll be able to be America's favorite pizza. And the insights I have from having to have my hands in the dough and in the toppings and on Wing Street every night was transformative. And then I took another six weeks after those six weeks where I traveled the country and spent a weekend market with some of our large franchise organizations. I went in their restaurants and watched how they planned their business for the year. And I'll tell you that 12 weeks was like a masterclass in figuring this out and combining with the other five years of the different ways I looked at the business. It was a, a really nice opportunity to come at this fresh, but informed in a way that is absolutely governed by what's going on in the restaurants. Any anecdotes from that time, either on the, the restaurant level or that any that, that really informed you? So many. I'll tell you, you know, when I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, mm-hmm. I met a, a woman named Miss Martha who had been with our brand for, you know, with that franchise organization, one of our finest franchisees who'd been with that organization for about probably 40, 42 years, something like that. And there were two really critical things. One, I walked in, they still have a vibrant dining business there. Mm-hmm. And so she greeted me and I got a chance to watch her greet other folks and watched her turn Pizza Hut from not just the national brand with a national appeal, but to the local pizza joint that warmly received and warmly welcomed people in and helped me understand like why that group does so well and why folks choose us when they choose us. Right. So watching her and seeing how she went through the brand was a really big deal. We did have a a nice moment where she pulled me aside. Miss Martha was a black woman, reminded me a lot of my grandmother and talked about how important it was to her to see me in a role like this. And when I, thought about that opportunity. I was like, man, you know, I, I, I continue to be passionate about this work, but I'm also right. excited for the proposition that it stands for. And I take it really seriously to lead with intention, to serve everybody and do it from a perspective that's inclusive of all people, because we've had folks who've given their lives to our brand that mm-hmm. see that. And I'm really excited to be a part of a brand that invested in me in that way. Pizza Hut has radically transformed the last couple of years went from 50% of its business coming from restaurants to now intentionally trying to move out of the restaurant business and go into more off-premises brand and has been a success story in terms of the turnaround over the last year in terms of sales going up, uh, being more accessible. Obviously, pizza delivery was already inherently good at delivering to people, the other restaurants, but you all had to get better digitally. You all had to get better that last quarterly earnings statement, there were a lot of positive things to say. And I know um, I, I quoted an industry publication that calls you all the transformational brand of 2021 because of finding your North Star yep. and just trying to improve. Where are you all in that process? And what, what are the next steps of that? And what does that look like over the next couple of years for you? Yeah, you I don't mean to be coy, but I think we're on the road, right? Like mm-hmm. we were excited about the QSR acknowledgement that you talked about in that magazine. We're excited about the things that you've seen, uh, talked about in earnings, but we're dissatisfied. We're deeply committed to getting better, to being more frictionless for our customers, to 
making sure that we continue to serve iconic pieces that you can only get here and making sure that we elevate that team member experience. And so for us, that's a relentless improvement mindset that we can't get off the gas pedal on. Mm -hmm. We know we've made some progress. We've got a lot of progress still left to make. And our leadership team works with that in mind, focused on a few laser centric things that say, hey, here's going to be the things that help us unlock that. As we move the off-premise business to like the delivery carryout right. asset, right? We still consider those restaurants. Sure. And we, we, and we've got some franchisees that, that would bristle at them being called anything other than that. Because if we're making restaurant quality food Absolutely. and getting it to customers, we, yeah. those things the restaurant sells too. I wanted to talk about that nostalgia because that seems to yeah. come up a lot, whether it's a Craig Robinson campaign or yeah. you're wearing a bucket shirt or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of nostalgia that you all are trying to channel into and talk about the opportunities with that. And what are those things that you aren't doing well? So when you talked about there are still things that we got to improve a lot better. What are those things and what are they are those specific improvements for this next year that for you all? I think we want to continue to be an easier concept to operate. So mm-hmm. when I talk about easier to run, easier to make, easier to operate, that is literally making the concept easier to execute. And that's on the franchise level, not necessarily on the consumer level. Yeah. And in the restaurants that we operate too, right? We're still, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, we're still yeah, on yeah. the restaurant. Yeah. So we want to run restaurants better. But the, but the unlock there is once we really nail that, it does deliver a better customer experience as well. So when I talk about elevating the team member and restaurant experience, that elevates the customer experience. So I don't know that we'll ever be satisfied with that, but those are some Mm -hmm. things that we've got squarely in focus right now. What do your lawyer skills bring to this job that really your career over the last five or six years, what do they bring to the table that have really helped you? One, um, contrary to popular belief, lawyers have to communicate with a wide set of folks and so like, especially a litigator, I didn't spend a bunch of time communicating to other litigators. I had to think about a jury of my peers, 12 folks who could come from various different backgrounds. So the ability to communicate in a way that touches a lot of different folks has been a, a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. I think the other one is the ability to do a lot of stuff new. So like as a litigator, you always have a ton of different cases. I'd get dropped into a foreign world and have to become an expert right. really, really quickly. And that served me very well, because like I said, I'm always got my arms around something new. And so being able to dive into something and come out as a productive member of what you're working on has, sure. has been a, a lawyer advantage for me. Pizza Hut is complicated for us because uh, really you weren't a Dallas-based company because you're owned by Yum. You're really a Kentucky-based company, but uh, Pizza Hut's been there a long time. You obviously have had a deep connection with the city of Dallas. You've done a lot of volunteer work. You've, done, you've been a part of a lot of things. So talk about the connection with DFW specifically for Pizza Hut. It's still based and still here in Plano, but yeah. talk about that and if that's something that, that drives you as well. No, absolutely. I mean, as I was looking at where I was going to go next, one of the things that I really wanted to do was go to a place that give me the opportunities that we talked about, but was a large national footprint that was here, that was still at home. Right. And I think... Obviously, home is a lot of different places for us historically, like you're talking about, and also operationally. But I do think this is a special market to us. I think we think a lot about the type of neighbor that we want to be here, which is why you see us reaching out and doing things in Plano, doing things with different schools and communities in Dallas as well. And so I think for us, obviously, we want to we, we want to be a great neighbor in a lot of places. But the Dallas market, I think, is, is pretty important to us. I think we've shown that and we'll continue to show it as time evolves here for us. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on this job. Thank you. You know, I, I feel a personal pride when people that we have profiled and, and see uh, move on to bigger, better things. And that's all you've been doing. So congratulations. 
I Thanks appreciate it. I think you're new in the managing editor role. I am. Too, yeah, right? yeah, I am. Yeah. Congrats so. to you too, man. Exactly. I, I appreciate that. Pizza Hut Chief Operating Officer Shaquan Lewis joining us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.